I was just uh, wondering if you're doing anything Saturday night. No, I don't think so. Would you like to go out with me? No. Jonathan Moore is a young man with a problem. You are without a doubt the biggest animal I have ever seen in my entire life. Does that mean no? He goes to Paris on vacation. Voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir? He meets a mysterious woman. I like virgins. You do? In an even more mysterious line of work. Are you a spy? Yes, I am a spy. He follows her to Berlin. Hey! Now the CIA is after him. The Russians are trying to kill him. Russians? He's having the vacation of a lifetime. If he lives. Welcome to Cinemarcade. This is the show about movies, video games, and the sparks that fly when those worlds collide. Uh, today we are talking about Gotcha, one of the weirdest uh, uh, combinations of movies and video games that we will probably ever talk about on this show. I'm very excited <laughs> to get into this. I'm 17-year-old hairless weirgen Steve Guntley. <laughs> weirgen. <laughs> <laughs> Who else is joining me today? For, for those, who can't, for those who can't see this, they're pointing at each other. It, this is a this is an audio medium. Audio medium. Uh, We're having a uh, I'm J-Ban. I'm Justin. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to probably the show I'm going to have put the most effort into ever. Uh, this is bizarre that this game c- took so much effort to finally actually all get together, which we'll, we'll get into why, but... This is a real bizarre oddity. It's also kind of uh, a milestone for us because this is the first time none of us have seen this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, none of us have seen this movie. None of us have played this game until oh, today. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so totally new. And I think there's good reason none of us have seen this movie. <laughs> this is not a findable movie. Uh, this is not an easily accessible movie in any way. A lot of you are probably listening at home or looking at the, the, the title of this episode and thinking, I don't know what the hell this is. You're not alone. The movie we're talking about today is called Gotcha with an exclamation point. All right. And this is a movie from 1985. It's directed by Jeff Kanu and it's written by Dan Gordon. And it stars Anthony Edwards, Linda Fiorentino and Jesu Garcia, or as he was known back then, Nick Corey. Uh, this is... A pretty tough movie to describe, <laughs> right? This is kind of a hard movie to classify. It's, it th- this movie has like four phases, and each phase is basically a different style. Yeah, um, and so it starts off with I'll just say something that probably can't happen on college campuses anymore. <laughs> At least not in this form. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> the the weird thing that we're going to be talking about today is a mix of erotic sexual thrillers for teens and paintball. 
Uh, and two things that go great together, apparently. The third thing that always goes with paintball is also spy thriller. Oh, yeah, of course. Yes, thriller. espionage. Yeah, um, lots and lots of that. But the, the opening scene is basically the main character at, at the college campus that he goes to school at. Him and his friends have come up with a game where they – it's like playing tag but with paintball. And there's no rules, time limits, bounds, whatever – it's just whenever you can get the drop on the other guy and yeah. you shoot them, you you got them. You go, gotcha, and that's the name of the thing. And so they're like – it's like the early hints of like the secret agent thriller of it follows the main character as he's like hiding around corners, waiting for his buds to come by, shooting them in the back. At one point, he commandeers a wheelchair and rolls down a wheelchair ramp just so he can pull the gun out of his shawl and shoot his his friend as they're coming towards him. Yeah, he's perfectly and like, comfortable hanging out in garbage cans. Yeah. yeah. Nobody else knows what the fuck is happening. <laughs> yeah, it's, and and they don't care. His prowess at paintball is unmatched. His prowess with women. Ooh. Oh, easily, easily matched. Easily matched. <laughs> any of us could match it. Yeah, um, yeah, 100%. I, I would go as far as to say that any of us could surpass. <laughs> I mean, you haven't seen me trying to lay game, as they say. <laughs> that's, that's what they say. They say lay game. laying it down quite flat is what Look, they call his, it. <laughs> his, <laughs> like, is, yeah, I should be single and alone forever. <laughs> his, like, key thing to say to women to try to get a woman is, uh, I would literally kill or die to sleep with you. Which, I'm going to say it, comes across a little desperate. <laughs> a little creepy? Tiny bit desperate. Um, I'm like, come on, buddy. You're a, you're a weird-looking stick bug of a man. You can, like, you can get a better lady than that. The, the end of the paintball montage oh. is basically him, like scaring the shit out of a girl because he's shooting his friend in front of her and she's like what are you doing and then he just goes ah it's a game you want to come back to my place or no she's like you got you got paint on my sweater and she's like he's like i'll make it up to you with dinner let's go get dinner and she's yeah. just like no no this, this girl's going to be a pivotal part of uh, the <laughs> creepy denouement of this oh movie. my god the this, i i i want to take a step back so and, many and creepy undertones. talk about the the cultural phenomenon that is being captured in this movie all right so this game that he's playing was a real thing this was sweeping college campuses in the early 80s since about 1981 they call it the assassination game and it was basically happening in college campuses everywhere. In fact, this is not the first movie made about the assassination game. There's another one called Tag! Exclamation point, the assassination game. Uh, both of these have exclamation points in their title, which is pretty amazing. That one focused on rubber darts, which... Uh, so that makes this movie the first time paintball has ever appeared in a film. Oh! So that's a noteworthy landmark. Okay, here's the weird connection that I'm going to draw. I watched a little bit of Tag the Assassination Game today. Mm -hmm. It's free on YouTube, unlike this movie. Uh, but... <laughs> All right, here's the fucking Close weirdest, craziest thing uh, ever. So... Tag the Assassination Game. First of all, unrelated to anything, it's directed by a guy named Nick Castle, who you might better known as, know as uh, Michael Myers in the first Halloween. Oh, wow. So a hulking tower of a man who directed a couple of weird movies in the 80s. That's a digression. The star of Tag the Assassination Game is a guy named Robert Carradine. Uh, you might know better know Robert Carradine as the lead of Revenge of the Nerds from 1984, 
Gotcha is from director Jeff Kanu, the director of Revenge of the Nerds, and it stars the other guy from Revenge of the Nerds, Anthony Edwards. So the two leads of Revenge of the Nerds have both starred in games based on an obscure college campus game from the 1980s. That's crazy to me. But which That's one a crazy was creepier? coincidence. Crazy the- coincidence? Mm. Ooh, I'm starting to wonder. Conspiracy. I'm starting to wonder. Conspiracy. Was he jealous? The tag is really bizarre because it's like trying to be a straightforward like noir thriller, but with rubber darts. Uh, and Linda Hamilton from Terminator is in it. Like I think it's her first role. Like it's crazy. Uh, but yeah, it's really bizarre. And th- this one I think is far creepier. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's just me. But yeah, that's that's kind of the big uh, creative push behind this movie is that it's from the director of uh, Revenge of the Nerds, which was this surprise hit uh, in 1984. And his young star is joining him for his follow up movie. And I don't know why he chose this topic as a follow up movie. This is a very strange film. It's not available to stream anywhere. I had to buy an out of print DVD. Um, Yeah, this is a movie that is almost impossible to find. And I think even if you know this game, this NES game that accompanies it, you probably would have no idea it has any correlation to a movie. Because the game itself has absolutely no relationship to this film. I'm going to get into the whole reasons why, but first I want to talk about the movie itself and what we all thought of it. Uh, Let's let's go around the table here. What did we think of uh, Gotcha? Clockwise or counterclockwise? Either or. Whoever's whoever's feeling bold. (laughs) Um, I don't know if I'm going to start my full synopsis, but I just think it's interesting that the, uh, like, yes, I'm a grown woman and I want to have sex with an 18-year-old. <laughs> like, it's like, okay, fantasy world. <laughs> one of the first of, well, not even the first creepy moment in this movie, but one of the more notab- notably creepy ones. I mean, look, I don't, it definitely wasn't, because the, the, right before that, so the the kid, the main character and his friend go to Europe on a trip, and his friend is, like, pretending to be, like, an Argentinian or Algerian, Algerian. terrorist to yeah. pick up chicks, which is one chicks love Algerian terrorist strategy. Yeah. That is legitimately what he thought, was that chicks loved Algerian terrorists. Um, but then, yeah, that whole thing in the with between the main character and the other main character was just, like, Oh my! I as soon as that was happening, I was like, "This kid is being groomed." <laughs> I don't know about them being groomed. It's like, um, he's of age, but the only and thing very is, eager, yeah, very eager. Uh, but I think, like, what is her mind? Is she trying to um get a patsy from day one? Um, is this her hobby? So. Um, like, did she? I think maybe both. So the, just... the 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 characters we're talking about here uh, is uh, Anthony Edwards playing Jonathan Moore, who's the hapless uh, college student who's really good at the assassination game. And he meets Linda Fiorentino's character, Sasha Banachek, who is a Czechoslovakian woman that he meets at a cafe in Paris. She's very sexy and seductive, and she likes the fact that he's a young, hairless boy. A virgin. A virgin. A virgin. A virgin. A virgin. And they have this whirlwind affair, and they she encourages him to go to Berlin, where he gets involved in all kinds of spycraft and nonsense like that. And that's okay, kind of the interesting I'll just point out that she said that she was interested in 17 and 18-year-olds, and that's it. Specifically 17 no and else. 18, and specifically, like, smooth. Like, smooth that, she has a thing for smooth men. Boys. Yeah. She called them boys. She right? called them boys. Which is... 
it's just creepy. It's still creepy even if it's coming from a woman. Yeah, sorry, whether you call creepy. them 17, 18-year-old smooth men or smooth boys, hairless, the whole thing, the whole combination, if you say it at once, is just weird. It is. It is. I'm pretty sure the screenwriter was a man. Uh, I wouldn't doubt it. Yes, he in is. In any way, shape, yeah, or He form. absolutely is. <laughs> there were two men. Yeah, two men. Uh, but what I thought, so, uh, I don't know. You know, sometimes when you watch something and you're like, well, at least it did that. Uh, well, I, I thought that it was interesting that they at least put them together over a course of a couple of days, that it wasn't just a one-night stand. Uh, yeah. Like, it was definitely, like, um, at least they had, like, a pretty montage of them being romantic over Paris. Yeah. Um, going to cafes and buying roses. Um, but it was just, like, I, I don't know. Anthony Edwards is a is a fine person. But what does an 18-year-old Anthony Edwards have for a grown woman? I don't know. I got I got to say this character is kind of a jerk also. Yeah. Like he's he's like every ugly American stereotype like as he's like tromping through Europe like not knowing the languages and just being a dickhole. Like he's... legitimately the moment before he meets her when she's in the, when he's when they're both in a cafe, he's just like Low key, and then eventually high key, like talking shit and being a dick to the waiter. Yeah, he picks a fight with the border guard into East Berlin. Like he's not smart. He's in East Berlin for approximately thirty six hours. Mm -hmm. He comes back and he runs to a Burger King to Where he get starts a taking double out all his aggressions on the poor woman working yeah. at the Burger King. I want an American chocolate shake. I want American fries. It's like, though what a I will say the so just. She convinces him to go to East Berlin with her because yeah. it turns out she's trying to smuggle something out. But when when he finally leaves and he turns around, he, he asks the guy, he's like, hey, are we in the American side? Which one? It's, I guess, the American side. But yeah. the guy goes, yeah, we are. And he goes, good. Turns around and just screams, fuck you, and flips off the German side. Uh, that was actually Soviet side, one, of the, then... one of the better laughs I got was <laughs> yeah. the guard going like, I've been wanting to do that for six weeks. Like, <laughs> that was pretty funny. Like, this is one of those movies that's kind of become forgotten because, A, a lot of, like, younger people now won't have a concept for the idea that there were two Berlins. I, I literally was like, wait a minute, when did the wall go down? 89, yeah. Oh, my God, this is pre-wall. Yeah. I'm not even pre-wall. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of playing off of the same kind of Cold War anxieties that fuel a movie like War Games or something like that, which is, like... A, a much smarter approach to these kind of issues, but uh, there's there's so much weird stuff going on here. I think this movie has a couple of issues. Firstly, it's it's got pacing issues because it takes a mm -hmm. full hour in this hour and a half long movie for the action to kind of take off. Like that's the first time we see like he encounters like a guy <laughs> with a gun who's like chasing him. That's the first time we understand what the stakes for him are. And then there's not a whole lot of runway left after that. I feel like the like he didn't he wanted it to be a coming of age story with a sexy European woman, and just added some like an espionage on top, sprinkle sprinkle. Um, but it was just so like the beginning with him being an insufferable college student going to his insufferable parents. Yes, uh, yeah. and he's just like I don't know. I have to say that Anthony Edwards is very charming. So sure. he gets away with being insufferable a bit. Uh, but it's just really, it's challenging to connect with a character that is like, and he doesn't 
like I feel like they could have made his rejections or um like his protagonist energy a lot better just by giving him like instead of just being like oh you're a creep I think they could have just been like oh maybe he's just unlucky he could have been lovable and unlucky instead of like I or just lean into the fact that he's a dork, you know, like his whole thing in early on in the movie is that he plays this assassination game around campus, which let's face it is pretty dorky. Uh, and I, I think another one of the fatal flaws of this movie is that, yeah, like I think that opening five minutes where he's playing the assassination game on campus is really fun. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's they, they pace it like a thriller and it's just kind of made more silly by the fact that it's paintballs. But, like, we get to see that he's kind of uh, uh, resourceful and he's kind of clever and, like, he's good at something. And then this does not come back into play until maybe the last five minutes of the movie. And then also, I think the movie pretty firmly establishes at multiple points, this kid has not grown. No. At all. Not at yeah. all. He no. Yeah, what is his a arc? Single lesson his like... arc is that he lost his virginity. Yes. And that's it... the entirety of but his that's, arc. But that's the first 20 minutes. Like, to what, to what, yeah. To what J-Ban was saying, too, was like all of his rejections are all pretty clearly in the, hey, you're a creep kind of category. Yeah. But also, he has zero remorse at any point after being a creep to anybody ever. So I, I rewatched Revenge of the Nerds last night in anticipation of this episode just to kind of review it. And I think this movie and that movie both have very similar points of view, especially regarding college. And it's it's still very much this old school kind of uh, boys will be boys, uh, wild frat college boy mentality where young men's only goal in life is to get laid and all of the crazy things they say and do to achieve that goal are charming and hilarious. Not necessarily true. And I mean, I don't think, yeah. I don't think it's just like modern eyes looking back at it. I think it's like, oh yeah, this is the problem. And the fact that these guys didn't realize it was the problem was uh, uh, more of the problem. Yeah, it's it's pretty creepy in both well, regards. That's why I have to say that I do like the fact that like the... Um, uh, Sasha was proactive in her sexuality. Yes. I, I liked that part. Uh, I didn't like the fact that she was like, ooh, smooth boy. Uh, <laughs> yes. I think they could have done without those lines. Yeah. I mean, um, Linda Fiorentino plays like some of the best modern femme, femme fatales. Like, she's always really good, even in stuff like Men in Black. Like, mm-hmm. she's a very sexually aggressive woman, which is like, a, it, she's she's better at playing that than most anybody. So, we, we've established, uh, you know, he his he convinces his parents to let him and his friend go to uh, go to Europe. Mm. They go to Europe. He meets the girl at a cafe while being kind of a dick and being like left alone by his his friend, who's apparently working the Algerian terrorist uh, angle. Also, he's kind and, of uh, just a non-element in this movie until they casually reveal at the end that oh, he's in a Latin gang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Never mentioned once before until late in the movie. And, like, oh, by the way, are you still in a gang? No, like, even better. The exact phrase is, hey, you still a homie? That's it. Oh, and he's just like, no. yeah, of course, man. Once you're in a gang, you're always in a gang. And I was like, are they talking about the gotcha paintball thing? No. No, we're talking <laughs> no, about not. Uh, men with real guns. Yeah. But uh, talk about who has a better storyline in a movie. <laughs> We're like, what is this man's life? Yeah, I want to follow yeah, this guy. The Algerian around. terrorist angle starts to make more sense. But uh, the so they you know they have this tryst around uh, Paris, uh, uh, Jonathan and Sasha. Yeah, and uh, have y'all been to Paris? I have. No. Yeah, I spent a um, weekend there. 
Yeah. But the the really interesting thing is while they're doing that thing in Paris, it becomes abundantly clear that there is somebody following them and watching them because that man is not trying to conceal it. No. He's like feeding birds with one hand, full body turned towards them, not the birds, and he's just like vaguely throwing bird seed in the direction of the birds <laughs> while staring them both down. I was going to say it might be more conspicuous that he's wearing, like, an all-leather outfit, too. But, <laughs> but the roommate, I noticed, was walking around Paris in leather pants. Which yes, I, was like, I noticed those leather pants. Man, you are so sweaty and gross under there. Let me tell you, like, you chose the wrong thing to be a tourist in. <laughs> like, that's just a bad decision on your part. Uh, yeah, so, you know, this all culminates with a, a kind of showdown back in America uh, at – Jonathan's college and that's kind of where they managed to arrange the the final setup to be we learned that Sasha's actually an American operative for the CIA did like, you all see that turn coming uh yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I knew that she had to be working for someone yeah and if she was trying to steal things from presumably the Russians I was like it could have been I didn't think CIA but mm-hmm. I was like she's working for somebody yeah, it felt like the movie was trying to. This was this is not the type of movie that's going to like surprise you with. Oh, she's actually a Russian assassin, and she never <laughs> like you never meant anything to her. They want to soften the blow a little also, bit. Do you ever just call the CIA? <laughs> How did he know that number? Dude, he just calls the CIA, and then not there only... were fewer phone numbers back then. I guess yeah, I don't know. He, he gets guess like it. the uh, the switchboard operator, and the switchboard operator like just connects him to coincidentally the guy running the operation. Yeah, <laughs> like, that worked out well. He, the guy's just like. He's explaining it. Nobody's believing him because he. This whole thing happened in in Germany where he had to. She gave him like the code word of "Hey, get out of town." He gets out of town. He was getting chased. Uh, he ends up getting free, getting away. Mm. Um, he gets all of his cards stolen, and like he, yeah. he's trying to escape Berlin, and like all these guys are chasing him. Like the uh, Linda Fiorentino's character planted uh, a microfilm on his yeah. backpack. Yes, and the best part of the film, he gets to escape with some punks. This was the best part of the film. I really enjoyed this. Like he he runs into this German punk band, and uh, they think it's rad that he's like fleeing from authority, <laughs> and so they hide him in their van and smuggle him into Hamburg. And, and they dress him up as if he was like a member of the group. That was pretty great. <laughs> you know, they get this nice little reveal of him like in full like kind of glam punk punk outfits you know and it's it's just like oh yeah these are chill people who are very nice to you very and that's david bowie there's no yeah. twist on that it's just yeah these are nice people and then he has fond memories and they sing a randy newman song together <laughs> uh, yeah so you know that was a charming little bit and then then uh he gets his way to an airport he gets back to the united states then he calls the cia gets the one person and the guy's just like like his parents don't believe him everyone's freaking out the cia guy's like oh don't worry I believe you. It's the creepiest thing. Maybe not the creepiest thing <laughs> in the also, movie. There's so many but creepy it's a things. Creepy. Yeah, it's competitive. He also runs a man off of the road, and his parents think that he's a drug addict, even though he did, like, what do his parents think drugs do? Like, <laughs> they make you run people off the road and go to Europe, apparently. And then, like, his place gets ransacked by the CIA, and then it all comes down where he has the meeting with Sasha that he sets up through his homeboy and yes. uh it, they do like this I, I thought it was kind of entertaining game of like running sasha and the cia agents around different people right. from the gang and whatever we're telling them hey 
actually go meet him here. And then somebody would be there and be like, hey, no, go meet him over there. And so finally – Did any of you throughout this whole thing – just thank goodness for cell phones. Right? Right? Like, yeah. There are so many, like, meet me here in yeah. an hour. Oh, she never showed up. <laughs> Here's a message from, uh, like, um, the German um, um, hotelier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's just like, it was like, oh, my God, how do people exist before cell phones, before point, texting? At one point, she literally tells him, hey, get on the train and meet me at this station. And she just he doesn't get off the train. What, she dude, gets on the train. I made the same, How did you time that? Me and Ailish watched it this morning, and we're both like, how would you know not to get off the train? I would get off the train. I would also, say, meet me at the station. I would get off the train. How does she know? Like, presumably she saw him and went on. But, like, it's clear that the train is multiple cars. Yeah. And the door was not open for very long. Yeah. She just, like, gets right on. It was super smooth. And I know that there's zero chance it would have been that coordinated. If it was me, I would have gotten there early. Yeah. I would have been, like, waiting around, twiddling my thumbs. Yeah. 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 The, the spy craft in this is all very loosey-goosey. Like, he meets, <laughs> he meets a woman uh, who's, like, acting as an intermediary. Then she gets killed by the assassins, which really doesn't play much into well, it. I think that's a, that's a big issue this movie has is that we never get to see his gotcha skills, like, work at all like and during any of this we never get to see that he is resourceful and clever he's just kind of I, scrambling the entire time i think that scene might have been the start of it because so he gets contacted and he gets he gets a, a message at the hotel to meet sasha at a place so he goes to that place and isn't met by sasha he's met by if i'm not mistaken one of the people who had captured her yeah. Captured Sasha, yeah, uh, in Germany, yeah, in, yeah, in West Germany, East and Germany, how did East Germany, Sasha is the communist one. Yeah. Get away from them! Like what? she was taken by Russian agents, strip searched, and just like in hmm, like. Also, no, I, w- I want to throw one random thing out there, not to be pervy, but we, we see sh- boobs in a PG thirteen movie. We definitely know she was strip searched. This is a, this is a, we this see is a lot early PG thirteen. <laughs> they were still figuring it out. Apparently, some boobs are allowed. Well. It was funny because I thought the sex scenes were very tasteful, and then they just like random boobs during a strip search, and I was like, "What? That's that's when you use the your yeah. Boob that's card? when you use your boob card, like, yeah." <laughs> Where do you get card. a boob card? Do you have to like? Uh, do you have to submit for one? Or you call how do you, Discover? How do you cash it in. <laughs> um, but, it's like a swiping motion. <laughs> but like when when he's up on that castle, he can feel that something's kind of fishy. Yeah, he feels that something's off, but he still gives what he believes is the thing, which is the pastry strudel. that she the strudel that she had given him. And uh, as soon as he gives it over, the guy who's been following, who is in on the whole thing, shoots the other person. Yeah. And I don't – that part didn't make a ton of sense because she was on that guy's team <laughs> directly. That's the other big problem with this movie is that I don't think they ever really settled on a tone that they wanted to hit. Mm-hmm. Like that's why when I said it, it was hard to classify like – I don't really know if this is trying to be wacky or trying to be deadly serious. And it kind of lands somewhere in like this tepid middle ground. Yeah, it's not really either. I did love the part where he was he was asked to meet Sasha in front of a uh, butcher. Yeah. And he's just like, he's doing the James. He's doing the noise. Yeah. And I was like, 
his name's Jonathan Moore, and at the time, the James Bond actor was, was Roger, Roger Moore. Roger Moore, right, yeah. And so I'm like, oh, okay. I wonder if that, that – I'm assuming that was intentional. I'm sure, yeah. Uh, with that reference and then the name. Yeah. But uh, the castle, like, he's on top of castle. The lady gets shot. And then he does a decent job of, like, evading and escaping while a dude's legitimately shooting at him. Yeah. Um, And then, like, that's – he gets that moment of cool guy action stuff, and then the the final showdown is like he he gets a tranquilizer gun mm. from the school because they were tranquilizing tigers early on. Oh yeah, we missed. I forgot that. about this. That was a crazy early detail. Okay, so yeah, not really established very well, but Jonathan is a veterinary student. Okay, which is like it should be significant for the plot in some way, but it really isn't. Uh, and they, his professor gives them a demonstration before spring break of how to tranquilize a tiger. He has a tiger in a cage in his classroom, and he shoots it with a tranquilizer dart after saying, come on, make my day. And this whole time, the tiger is making noises that sound like a really bored Chewbacca. Yes! <laughs> And then I was a little upset because it's like, this looks like they really trank a tiger. I was like, they they must have a way to pretend to trank animals because, like, they can't be tranking animals every time they show animals being tranked. But it looked so real. I was like, is this, like, pre- you know, animal certification. Yeah, I mean, they may have, like, shot it with, like, a saline dart or something, but, like, that tiger looked upset. And it looked like it got hurt. Like, that would hurt to get shot with one of those tranquilizer darts. I feel so bad for the tiger. I did, too. And But it does set up, like, kind of a Chekhov's trank. You know, it's like, it, we're, we're going to see this tranquilizer gun come around in the third act, of well, course. And I also thought it was really funny that they used the same prop gun for paintball yeah. that they used for the trank gun. Yeah. They did not make it different. That's the thing. Okay, so the assassination game is still going on like to this day. It's under various different names. Like the one at my campus was Humans vs. Zombies and it's all like Nerf guns. But like it's still going on. But the guns had to stop looking so realistic. I think by necessity. I think somebody was shot playing this game uh, uh, during the in the 80s and then somebody else in the 2000s was shot to play in this game. So like it makes sense. You want to have like very fake looking guns. I think this is the last time you could have somewhat realistic looking guns that you could pull out on a campus and shoot people with. Yeah, because at this point, this was this was post like the first big school shooting, which was actually like, was that an it was UT? I can't. I don't know where it was in Austin. Oh yeah, yeah. That was seven. I think that was the Starkweather, the the, yeah. uh, the the the, the sniper, the sniper in the yeah. tower. Yeah, that was and in the seventies. But it was before Columbine, which is when things shit started getting real. Yeah. Um. And so that was the I was like, that that very first opening montage, I was like, this is a different world. Yeah. This is such a different world. We were so innocent then. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those movies like or one of those bad movies. It's kind of frustrating because I feel like there's a good movie in here somewhere. Like, I feel like there's a good idea for this movie. You know, we, we end up in a very sort of arbitrary place where, like, uh, we learn that Sasha is actually an American from Philadelphia named uh, Cheryl. Or Pittsburgh, excuse me. It's Pittsburgh. Yeah. And they, it, it seems okay. to end on a note of, like, those two are getting together. But then they have this. Also in Pennsylvania? Which one? Is Philadelphia also in Pennsylvania? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I don't know. <laughs> let's let's talk about this final note here because firstly, it 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 seems to end with Linda Fiorentino and Anthony Edwards like kissing and like being in a good place oh and having a romantic moment, and then we cut to apparently a different <laughs> movie 
<laughs> where Anthony Edwards is back on campus. He runs into the girl whose stetter, sweater he stained earlier, and ha ha, she's still mean to him, so he's going to tranquilize her in the butt. Well, he he starts off with. Another one, I can't remember if it's the exact same shitty pickup line of the I would literally kill or die to sleep with you. I don't you. think it was the exact it one. one. Like, but it, it was also a pretty bad one. Yeah. And then uh, she goes like, no, creep, and then turns around and walks away. And then the camera just it look goes to his face as he goes, yeah. And then it goes back to the lady, and it's just her butt as she's walking away right. and then back to him and then back to the butt and then back to him and then back to the butt and then back to him and he pulls out the tranquilizer gun and then he just shoots her in the butt and I'm like what this is, is this? like this is like Rufy's only more violent well, and, like, and we're expected to like this he's going to character. jail they yeah. established earlier that they had to um, they had to get an um, an ambulance for the other guys that they shot with the tranquilizer darts they literally were putting them in ambulances so what like, what are you doing to this and, poor young woman who's much smaller than these guys too let and me tell you if you're gonna show like full circle this character is no longer a dork why show him shooting woman show him having a success you know being like show yeah i'll go on a date with respect you respect for women oh, yeah that's too much to ask show him for that the he matured 80s. in some way like i i think that's another big roadblock for this movie i never once liked this character like it's yeah. not a it's not a comment on the performance at all i just never liked this guy as a guy he's a pretty uh, unlikable person the whole way through and just to end the movie on such a sour note like kind of robs him of any kind of growth or, or arc or anything like that and it's, it's like, just not even a funny joke it's one of those things where some movies will have like will they won't they moments of like will they turn and be the good guy will they turn and be the bad guy or will they stay and be the bad guy yeah and this movie felt like it was Having will they won't they moments of whether or not this will be a will they won't they moment. Yeah. And so it was like you instead of get, being like halfway there so that you're wondering, you're like a quarter of the way there and you're like, he's not going to do it. Yeah. But this could lead up to. No. OK. He's still being a dick. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. I'm going to punch up this ending right now. All right. There's a, uh, a Russian agent who evades capture. Uh, the guy Anthony Edwards is talking up the blonde girl. She's being mean to him again because, like, he was a creep last time. The Russian guy runs out, gun blazing. Anthony Edwards pulls the tranquilizer dart out of his jacket, takes the guy out really smoothly, and then the girl says, "Oh, maybe I am free for dinner tonight." Literally, there's a punch up right there. Yeah, That's a better ending. He grows. She's not being victimized. Like, it's a better ending. I, right I hate that because I feel like that might perpetuate into like the, the some of the bullshit toxic masculinity. Oh, sure. Stuff. But also, like that scene just didn't. There didn't need he, to be a scene. It could have just ended happily with him and Sasha. Yeah. Like, it could have just been either a that last scene with him and Sasha fade to black or B the next scene is just those two in a normally romantic setting. Yeah. Uh, like going on a dinner date or something and having a good time. Yeah. They, they did neither. <laughs> and they just threw in a scene that was literally pointless. And it lit, all it did was just yeah. showed that this guy is still addicted to women. Yeah. And his character growth is that instead he's of just feeling j dejected, he's now empowered to be even worse of a dick to he, women. He's yeah. empowered and angered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he has. Which is the worst combination. <laughs> exactly. That's the exact kind of creeps we don't want with guns right? on a college campus. Yeah. <sighs> Oh my god! And like, yeah, it's it's a real it's a real misstep to like. It, this was not a great movie before that, but it's also like, man, this is a gross well, note to end this movie on. Sasha is so much more interesting. 
and it's a good performance. Yeah. Like, I, she, she yeah. is so much more interesting. She's living her life. I want like what a, this movie from her perspective would just be so fascinating. Is she scoping out um, college kids to like to be couriers? Like, is she? Um, did she genuinely fall for? Um, a hairless Jonathan. boy, yeah, the hairless, uh, <laughs> hairless virgin, and she implies that she kind of did or was still interested, but they never really closed the door on whether or not that was a romantic interest or a sexual well, interest. There's, right? There's something so weird about like her, like instead of being impressed that she was his CIA agent, he's like betrayed, as though like. This woman told you she was a courier. Yeah. She told you that she was a spy. And you're just like, oh, I'm going to ignore the fact because she's just so cute. And then, like, when she becomes, like, an American, it's somehow she's unattractive because she's an American intelligent woman. Yeah, she's no longer an exotic Here's the kicker to me on that one. Like... She was the she gave the twist of I'm a secret agent in the best like manner of like I'm the good secret agent. Right. Like I could see him being betrayed if she turned out to be like a Russian agent or somebody who was working against the goodness of democracy. I have air quotes in my hand. Sure. Uh, on my hands. So uh, <laughs> I can vouch for this. There are air quotes. But uh, she's like, no, I'm an American CIA agent. We're trying to – she never says what she's trying to do, yeah. but presumably stop bad things from happening. But, uh, you know, it's – But this this is an interesting arc we can pursue, exactly. Like, mm-hmm. like, like, like this this is a 24-year-old, like, beautiful CIA agent. Like, how did she get to be in this position of power so young? Like, is this kind of her stock and trade? Is, like, she being used by the CIA to, to be a seductress? Like, there's a, there's a complex, interesting character there. Rather than just kind of like an idiot boy who learns nothing. I, uh, I feel like I have to mention this just because I just now noticed it. But your refrigerator says Steve is a big nerd. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ailish <laughs> wrote that just to uh, next, uh, next devastate to, like, the shopping me. list and all yeah. that. Yeah. But, uh, I never yeah. knew this until now. I, I think that there's so many things that could have happened. But they never also really put any details whatsoever into why this whole movie happened. Right. They never mention or even hint what was on the film. Was it stolen technology? Was it, you know, information about bad things they were doing? Nothing. Maybe there's like an angle where he's getting recruited out of college because they see how good or he is that. at the paintball game. And like maybe he's being recruited as an operative. Maybe like there's a lot of different angles that they can take. And I feel like they waffled so much that most of the middle of the movie is just this kind of soggy, weird like meander you they know? also he calls the cia and like tells them what's happening and then like uh he finds his apartment's been ransacked yeah and he he had the film with him apparently uh and then he spots those cia agents at the cia office and then he just leaves yeah and i'm like well, gets- what's what's the game plan my dude yeah well, i think it's really interesting because they um like clearly he's a young man Mm -hmm. who doesn't understand what love and lust is and the difference between the two or just how to be a human (laughs) yeah um which which is always a learning curve for every young person (laughs) uh but then he he gets so angry 
um, and vindictive instead of just giving the like I'd be like well you hurt my feelings <laughs> like yeah. you know just having an adult conversation with her um, about like dude that was uncool um, and he just like he, there's something really tragic about him saying that he loves her yeah and, you know and, like, after knowing her for like three days yeah uh, but there's just so like they could have doubled down on the romance and the like thriller lover thriller or romantic angles of this situation instead they just left it like you said in this middle ground of where they're uh like sh- they could have shown it as a mutual romance right uh instead of this one-sided puppy dog uh puppy love thing yeah um they could have shown it as like something really interesting uh but they just left it in this weird in-between place you're like oh you're just hooking up but then you're falling in love you're such a you're such a nerd you know what i mean right and and then we just we're we're left with a character who has no real charm and no real uh motivation kind of getting him through anything here's here's where i this is what i think and it wasn't like some master thing but like at the movie it's pretty well established that he's kind of just a shitty rich kid yeah and i think that's shitty rich kid be shitty rich kid does shitty rich kid things yeah and then uh because like he he full-on just tranquilizes a woman yes for in retaliation for not getting a date yeah which is i think we're supposed to think this is such a cute like boys will be boys moment and i'm just like this guy is a predator freeze frame her butt with the trank they roll the credits over her butt yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) i'm like that is not the tone of this movie you needed to pick a tone yeah what the hell is the tone that's that's the whole thing and Um, like the entire part where they make up is literally just him being mad at her being like oh you don't care you don't want me and then her something along the lines of like i know what i want it's like what is it and he's like i want you but she says it in such a way that is not romantic. It's just full on, like aggressively, like, like let's go right now. Uh, and I was like, yeah, it's this... not even fun in like an espionage movie kind of yeah. way. It's like where you can never fully it trust did... her. Yeah. And the delivery also wasn't like I want to be with you. It was just like I just want to sleep with you. Let's... Yeah. And I'm like, wait. We... I mean, true to form for the character, I yeah. guess, but still. And then, and then it it literally cuts from like them standing together to just him now back on his campus walking. I guess they were on campus or something at yeah. that point. But him just walking down the sidewalk, and this that scene happens, and it's like, why did we go what? again? That move that scene didn't need to be there. No, no scene needed to be there. But yeah. if it was going to be a scene, it, it wasn't should have been something even better. Than that. If why not? It why couldn't they have made it a paintball? hitting her butt make it a paintball exactly that at least then it's not a crime it's well, in keeping yeah. with the it theme might still of the be movie. a crime yeah. and but... it's like now it's like all right so he he stained her clothes and like yeah. you know because she was being a jerk and he did something to like you know give her her comeuppance that's that's a status thing and that's you know that's potentially a little funny tranking her is just the wrong yeah, thing to end the on. paintball is at least something that could potentially especially at that time period be put under that dumb banner of boys will be boys yeah although like that's more harmless. again boys will be boys is the harmless thing and that wasn't harmless no like paintballs aren't 
fun, presumably, to get hit by. Also, neither they is bruise. getting oh, covered yeah, we, in paint. We should talk about it. Yeah, uh, I'm curious. Speaking because, of paintballs. Yeah, I, all right. I, we're we're going to transition a little bit here. You've heard us cover this movie in great detail. Uh, what kind of video game do you think would tie into a movie that we just described? Well, if you're having trouble figuring out the answer, uh, that's because there is nothing really uh, connecting it. Leisure Suit Larry? Leisure Suit Larry, yeah. Oh, yeah, that okay. could work. Here's here's kind of the backstory of how this movie became an NES video game. So this movie came out in 1985 in May. It made $10 million on an $8 million budget. So it's like one of those like, all right, we got away with something. We made just enough money to be happy, but like this is not going to be a continuing thing for us. The studio doesn't hate us for the rest of our lives. Exactly. We're not getting like blacklisted. But we're still in this phase uh, in the 80s. I think the 80s is when this was running especially rampant because we're in a post-Star Wars world at this point. And movie studios aren't just thinking about ticket sales. They're thinking about merchandise. How can we merchandise every single thing that we have? What, what licenses do we have? How can we make this happen? So the phenomenon of paintball had come around in about 1981. Uh, it wasn't just being played on campuses. It was kind of becoming more popular nationwide. And so Universal is thinking, okay, maybe we can get in on this. We have a slightly paintball-related movie. Slightly. Let's parlay this with a deal with LJN Toys, and let's parlay this into a paintball game that we can sell at a Toys R Us. Something that's not going to leave horrific bruises on kids, because that's just a liability nightmare. So they developed the Gotcha line of paintball guns. Uh, so these are, uh, there were a couple of sets. There's the Enforcer, which is two pistols, and there's the Commando, which is kind of a shotgun looking thing. This is sort of like diet paintball at this point, because... Obviously, if you sell regular paintballs to where, like, very young kids can get it, uh, anyone who's ever been shot with a paintball can attest. Those things leave a bruise. They really hurt at certain uh, ranges. So you can be facing a lot of lawsuits. So what the gotcha guns did was softened everything. These came with kind of softer sponge pellets. If you, In order to activate these, you had to take the little cartridge for the gun, soak it in boiling water until it would like the timer went off, and then you had to load it back in. This was leaving invisible ink on you, so like you weren't need, didn't need to worry about your clothes staying or anything like that. The problem is these bullets are so lightweight that you need to be extremely close for them to hit anybody, and the ink disappears so quickly that you can't tell if people have been hit. So basically you have a paintball game that's not like that nobody's going to be happy with. The So this line kind of died pretty quickly. However, Gotcha has kind of become the the Kleenex of paintball. You know how like if you, you reach for a tissue, you always say, oh, give me a Kleenex. That's what Gotcha is for paintball. The brand is still going today. Uh, it's become more of like an actual paintball thing. There are at least three paintball ranges within like a two-hour drive of us in Texas right now that are called Gotcha Paintball. There was a video game in 2004 that's called Gotcha Paintball. Like So this license outlived this movie in pretty much every way. But this video game that we're talking about today was released for the NES in 1987, and it was meant to tie into the toys that were tied into the movie that we just described. So it's a very long, circuitous path to get us to a paintball-themed NES game. Before we get too much further into the game, I do want to ask about actual paintball experience of who has it and what their experience is. 
Uh, J-Man, I know you have some experience with this. I did, I, and I do. Uh, well, first off, growing up in Michigan, uh, there, there's lots of people who, there's lots of woods and snow. Uh, so uh, probably when I was in high school or college, um, I can't really remember, my family, we'd sometimes we'd rent paintball guns, and we'd have these battle royales at my brother's girlfriend's father's farm um <laughs> and it would be horrifying because the paintballs would freeze like you have a bunch of padding oh on because the you have padding on because it's cold but the the paintballs would freeze and they would get like they'd break in the um in the barrel and so you'd have to be cleaning your barrel field cleaning your barrel like whilst playing the game mm. and freezing your like um your tukas off <laughs> um and uh, you can say ass. <laughs> ass, 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 ass. Sorry, Justin said I could say ass. I'm gonna keep saying ass. Uh, so we would play these battle royales uh, that would be like uh, one time, some guy I have no idea who he was, just some random dude um, that uh, Mitt Romney, <laughs> probably. Um, so Mitt uh, was running, and in Short Michigan we have these giant uh, wild rose bushes like giant wild rose Ooh. bushes like uh, the size uh, <laughs> yeah. like like maybe like 12 feet tall like ridiculous uh and he tries he runs past this and he thinks he's clear but instead the rose bush grabs his crotch and he oh my god rips, it's worse than i thought it <gasps> rips his pants off clear from his crotch all the way to his ankle uh and you think like even that little like part of jeans that you think would cut that ripped as well oh and so he was like he's like he was like and he, of course it got some like of his skin as well oh. Uh, and, and we were, it was just like he's like I can't I can't remember whether or not he called it a day or whether or not he just soldiered on, uh, but it was I uh, call it a day. Personally, <laughs> I'm just gonna say I've got thorns in my dick. I'm calling it a day. Now I'm just imagining the legends of the pantless warrior. <laughs> he's like. <laughs> He rode forth with rose thorns sticking from his protuberance. He fought so hard his pants ripped off, <laughs> and then he continued fighting until the battle was done. And that's why they call him Dick Thorns to this day. <laughs> uh. um, and when I was living in Scotland, I was part of a paintball society, but we did, uh, we used reballs, which are, hmm. you lower the velocity, and they're like rubber balls, and you can play them indoors. Uh, and that was really fun. Uh, that but sounds more pleasant. It is like it is and it isn't because it's it's closer. Um, it's closer quarters. Uh, like you, instead of getting injured by like the paintballs necessarily, you get injured by throwing yourselves over things <laughs> and like dashing behind things because it's like you're in a gym, but it's got like all of these like inflatable things to hide behind. Yeah. Uh, and it gets really bad when people don't tell the truth about whether or not they've been hit, and you're like. I hit you i hit you I and know they're like I hit oh, you. you didn't hit me so you just club mm -hmm. them with the rifle you're just like all right that's the one thing it, about paintballs like you, you can tell you can tell you can tell when they hit uh usually like except for again if they freeze then sometimes they just hurt they just yeah that would break the skin i think at that point yeah you know it's so funny because i've always had such pleasant experiences paintballing except for when i was paintballing with my brother he's the only person <laughs> who broke rules and regulations and shot me from six feet away Oh my god, I've been shot close range of the paintball in the top of my head. My friend yeah. came over and thought it'd be funny to do like execution style on me. Oh! 
like uh, uh, like sneaking up behind me. And, uh, and now you have back problems. Now I have back problems. Uh, I, I blame it for the totally flat back in my head. I'm going to oh, assume wow. that's why that happened. Uh, but yeah, those things really can mess you up. Like I can understand the rationale between, behind using the little soft spongy ones for the gotcha sets. But yeah, those things can mess you up. Um, I don't think I've played uh, paintball in like 15 years probably but I, so, I used to have roommates who were really into it but they were more in the they liked to like wear camo and like blend into the woods and like disappear and do like kind of a, a, a high stakes kind of sniper game and me I can't sit still that long <laughs> see I could sit still in a forest for a really long time even in the cold however like you got like this the way you win the game is just not to move yeah and that's a really boring way to play the game it's really boring like, and this is like um i don't i don't it wasn't before cell phones but i just i didn't have my cell phone to be out and playing with it in the middle of the woods yeah. i think maybe nowadays that i'd be like out in the middle of the woods just finding a really good hiding spot and climbing a tree and just being all like there's a pinterest recipe i need yes yeah. yeah exactly yeah you've got your earbuds in you're just like rocking out yeah. um so it sounds like we're gonna go play paintball then <laughs> i am I down I'd, group paintball i'd, I'd yeah. be down. down too as long as we can go to a range where it's like you're actually trying to shoot at each other and not yeah. just hiding that's yeah. no fun for i me. Uh, i almost got to play paintball for the first time I had a friend who was starting to organize a group of people, and then the pandemic happened, oh, and we were yeah. like, ha, 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 no. Yeah. Um, and as all things happened during the course of the pandemic, uh, things were group, great and happy, and everyone had fun. No. Oh, that, damn. That group, that, that group chat disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> it very quickly became forgotten oh. uh, in a relic of a different era. Well, ho I, hopefully you had the itch scratched with Gotcha the Sport. That's the name <laughs> of the game we played. It's from, or for the NES. Uh, it's from 1987. It's from LJN. LJN is a company we're going to encounter a lot on this show. Uh, you might know it from its signature rainbow logo. Uh, LJN was a toy manufacturer through the 70s and 80s. They got bought by Acclaim, which is a video game company in the 1980s. And they basically made LJN solely a video game developer, and they made them work almost exclusively on really rushed tie-ins to movies. So we've got uh, Friday the 13th to look forward to, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Back to the Future, movies Excuse like me. that. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Uh, it has a video game. That has a game? It sure does. Not okay. a good one. I'm going to spoil <laughs> that now. It's not good. Uh, uh, Jaws. Yeah, they did a Jaws game, a bunch of that so stuff. So this was I, – uh, I, I think I've probably mentioned it before, but I don't remember. Uh, I, I have some memory issues, and so there's a, a large span of my life that's just kind of gone. Mm. And uh, I know at some point I used a light gun on the NES because we had Duck Hunt. Oh, yeah. But actually, now that I think about it, I just remembered that I, I think we had Duck Hunt but not the light gun. So I may not have ever used the light gun Interesting. Um, that but if I did, it's the memory of it is not there. So this um, is part of the reason why this game was so complicated to play. A lot of these games I'm playing using an emulator because, you know, it's it's just kind of an easier option and it plays well on my HDTV. This game is a light gun game. It uses the Nintendo Zapper, which is a, a, an iconic light gun from the 80s. You know it from its orange plastic. Uh, but the only thing with the Zapper is that it only works on CRT TVs. I still have my old CRT TV, but I did not have an NES anymore. So I had to find an NES. I had to find a copy of this game. 
I the controller was sent to me separate, and then I went to open the bag with a pair of scissors, and I accidentally cut the cord in the middle of the controller. Oh my gosh! Because uh, let me check my notes here. I am a dumbass. Um, I wrote that down in case I forgot because I'm such a dumbass. That's like oh. a that's like a sucker punch. It is. So I had to go find another controller just so I could make sure that this game actually worked. The good news is Gotcha is a very gettable game. Uh, it's a dollar. I was going to ask, yeah, is, is, was the NES harder or was the game harder? Uh, NES was harder. harder. The NES, the game, or the movie itself? Uh, I think the movie itself might have been the hardest to find because we had to go through all kinds of different channels. Like, it's not streaming anywhere. It's not streaming on iTunes, which is usually my go-to if nothing's streaming anywhere. Same with Tubi. That's my other go-to if nothing exists anywhere. Go to Tubi. They usually have it. Tubi did not have this. So I had to order a DVD that is no longer in print. I had Who to. Who even has a DVD or a DVD player? I I have I the. I use my PlayStation yeah. for DVD purposes. Yeah, yeah. So I had to track all that down, and then luckily the game itself was a dollar twenty-five. So that was uh, pretty lucky to find, and you can find that one pretty much anywhere, uh, because. This is a game that can only exist on this system with only this controller, and it's a game you can beat in five minutes. Is that about how long it took us to complete a whole so. run? Like, I think five so. minutes or less. I think it's the uh... maybe maybe seven minutes. So I'm oh. gonna go ahead and uh, ruin everybody's day and say that this NES game does not carry over any of the erotic tension from the movie <laughs> or any know, of the plot of that... or any of the espionage. But the it does have some punks. It, yeah, yeah. Some 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 of those pixels were looking a little curvy, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. But uh, yeah, yeah. Basically, we have a uh, light gun shooter that lasts for three levels. This one has a weird mechanic where you need to be using the NES controller to move left and right because it's capture the flag. You have to make it to the end of the level, shoot the flag, and then make it all the way back before the other team makes it back with your flag. This is quite easy to do. Uh, we, we we like we, I think all three of us on the beginner level. In the beginner level, intermediate was also doable. Advanced was almost impossible, gets, if not actually impossible. It gets pretty tricky, but you know the the thing with using these light guns is like it takes a little bit to calibrate yourself, you know, and you have to like figure out where your aim is. So once you do a round or two to kind of figure out how the game works, you're gonna blaze through this pretty easily. I love light gun games mm -hmm. i used to go to my local cinema and i would pour quarters in playing uh area 51 i love area uh, 51 i could probably still play area 51 just on muscle memory yeah no yeah. i think i could too and it was just so like i love shooting things with an actual gun like a third person or first person shooter with a joystick it uh, doesn't feel quite the same. If you have to, you have to. Uh, but it's just not as much fun as shooting it with, uh, like, and it brought all these like nostalgic, nostalgic feels back. Yeah. And I loved like when you shot them. I loved their physical reaction to getting shot because it's. I mean, it's not the quite same as seeing a duck fall out of the sky. No, uh, but it's still very enjoyable. I, you were getting like pretty surgical with this like you were you were trying to like play from like farther and farther ranges and like yeah you were getting quite good at this game by the end uh, i love shooting games yeah i'm glad we got to mix it up with one shooting game because i feel like most of what we're playing are platformers which you said you struggle with in the past so like <laughs> at least this one you get to like you know bust some caps and people uh, some some paint caps i, I get to i on. But I frequently feel inadequate playing video games, and I do not feel that way with a light gun game. No way. No way. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly like this game is incredibly short and really pretty simple, uh, both in terms of difficulty and just in terms of ambition. But uh, I had kind of a good time with this game. I don't know about y'all, but I, I, I had. A, I mean, I, I'm with you, Jay Ben. I'm I'm very into light gun games, so I'm a little predisposed to like this. But I I kind of had fun with this thing. Yeah, Sorry, go no, ahead, I I enjoyed it. Um, I I had a lot less of that nostalgia because I don't remember really ever using one before, and uh, the local arcade closed before I was like eight. Oh, so shit. then we just never had an arcade. Uh, Luckily, they're all barcades now. So yeah, like, it's like they're they're coming back. Which I mean, that's good because they have something else to sell. But I also don't drink, so right, the bar, yeah. it doesn't matter to me. I'm just oh, like, that's right. Oh god, they keep pinballs, like de- what's up? They keep designing all these different arcades yeah. around, like uh, <laughs> uh, uh, snubbing you, basically. For real. But then uh, I've I've played a little bit, somewhat recently at at pinballs. Um, which is an arcade here in, in Austin. I think it's just Austin. I don't know if they've got other stuff. Pretty but, sure, yeah. We, yeah. I've um, never seen it before elsewhere. At least they're in the like tri-city area, Austin, Dallas, Houston. Yeah. Are um, you calling Austin, Dallas, Houston a tri That's not what they're probably, pretty far that is not apart. A tri-city. San Antonio they're, would probably be more of the yeah, tri It's, that, it's right? a much bigger gap, but it's the only parts of Texas that are worth it's Whoa. it's Austin, Round Rock, Buda. That's the triangle. Yeah. 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 Maybe yeah. you throw in San Marcos. Oh sure. Yeah. They can get. They can come if they want. Yeah. But <laughs> it's. I still think you're a little geographically challenged. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it's it's like uh, about three hours to each from here. So. Yeah. But like to to me, uh, those are the only three cities that matter in Texas. Everything else is kind of. San Antonio just matters. There. San Antonio is. I will we not go stand. To Six Flags. I will not give stand us, for this bastrop erase. Uh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I've Look, never been to Bastrop. You're, you're, Bastrop you're doing tried to erase takes. itself at one point. You're doing point. some hot takes. Uh, I'm a new Texan. I can't comment. Are you going to ask Steve to like to delete this so you don't get hate no. from the rest of Texas? Oh, no. no. I'm going to put this in and triple it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no. That's yeah. fine. Uh, no, I mean, yeah. San Antonio is also pretty cool. Uh, but if you give it five to ten years, you will not be able to tell that you have left Austin when you get to San Antonio. <laughs> Is that true? So, See, I haven't been there yet, but yeah. Um, like, at least now there are some points where you're like, oh, I don't think we're in a town right now. But uh, soon those <laughs> things keep growing because that's the channel that it's kind of growing along. Yeah. Uh, at least one of the channels. Um, Buda has gotten taller. Basically, <laughs> everything is just going around there. And soon it'll just be suburbia. It'll be Austin, suburbia, and then San Antonio. Yeah. I mean, to 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 bring it back to Gotcha the Sport, I can't really bring it back to Gotcha the Sport. <laughs> we, I think, we talked about every single part. This is the first time we like actually beaten the game, sitting down to just talk about it. It did not take us long. We spent less time with this than we did with the Mummy game, and uh, we beat it like three or four times. Yeah, and I think it's I one th- of those things like where I I think I'd be pissed if I paid full price for this back in the eighties. Like it's it's an okay little diversion now. I think I'd probably be pissed if yeah. I paid full price for this. Yeah, I I think in terms of actual gameplay, uh, there's there's a little bit of variety. There are some enemies that will just kind of pop up and be ready to shoot at you. There's some enemies that will run into position and shoot at you. There's some enemies that'll like pop out of a tree or pop climb up a tree and then um, shoot at you. My my favorite um, part was when I realized that they're trying to steal our flag too and you yes. can take them out as they're running back. Like yeah. you can cross yeah. paths. They but that is a weird mechanic. You're using the D-pad to walk all the way to the right, shoot the flag, walk all the way back to the left. Yeah. I and think- I 
this is the type of thing that you'd rent from a blockbuster. Yes. Yes, a blockbuster for the children out there. Is, uh, when did yeah, blockbuster no. start? That was in the eighties. Yeah, was that was that was mid. Okay. That was like eighty five, eighty six. So that was been, when the home video market was taking off. Would have been about that time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think it was a bad experience. I just think it was lackluster in length. And it has. And if it went longer, maybe having a bit more variety going on, but it it has the barest minimum amount to do with the movie. Like <laughs> this is, I, 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 I'm going to challenge ourselves from now on to look for a game that has less to do with the movie that we were talking it did, about. So it did have punks, but it didn't, but the punks were bad guys. Yeah. The punks in the movie were pointedly very sweet and yeah. fun. Yeah, these are these are uh, these uh, street were a little punks. more of like biker greaser punks. Well, yeah, and they could have put them in suits, leather suits, and made them East Germans um, or Russians. This this could have been yeah, this could have that been could a have leather been suit level because we had well, we didn't really have a forest or a snow level in the you movie. You could have been paintballing on the streets of Paris. You could have been paintballing in East Germany, and then yeah. you could have been paintballing in, in the, the streets UK. of America. This is a this is a globe hopping movie. Yeah, um, I say I don't think you go to the UK because they never did in the movie. I, I'm but... also I'm low key keeping track of how many video games we have that actually has a female character. <laughs> And None. what are we at? We're so far we are at one in four. zero. One in four, because technically the mummy's a girl. That's true. Yeah, I mean she's not a player That's, character, but yeah. she, yeah. Is, she is. Yeah, she is a female. Wayne's World didn't even have like a, a female enemy. Uh, e. Wayne's e. World didn't have... had two people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wayne two, and Garth, <laughs> two people and a bunch of bagpipes. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And kazoos. And kazoos. Well, it's kazoos. funny because like, um, so I really enjoyed. I enjoyed this game uh, probably the most um, from all the games that we've played so far. But it's definitely not the hardest um, no. uh, at all by a long shot. No, unless no. you set it to advanced, in which case. Good luck. You're not even going to make it halfway down the field. And, and that's where the replayability comes in. It's like, all right, just just try these same three levels on a different difficulty. But, like, it's never going to get more complicated than yes. walk and shoot and walk and shoot and walk and shoot, you know? And I mean, also the music in this is real bad. Did you guys ever play uh, Capture the Flag in Call of Duty? Yes. Uh, I don't think I... In various video he, games. Here's, here's my confession. I almost never play uh, competitive video games. Oh, man. Because I am a, checking my notes, a soft boy. <laughs> I have a notepad full of insults for myself. I just keep it in I, here. Uh, there was a period of time where me and some friends were, like, doing the MLG, like, online orchestrated tournaments and stuff. The amount of times I told people to touch grass was very high. Okay. What does that mean, touch grass? Uh, like it means teabagging? finally leave your uh, gaming space, go outside, touch some grass, because, dear God, you haven't done it in a while. I see. That's that's uh, that's that's like my mom telling me to go outside and play because I've been playing gotcha on the NES for yes. six hours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so we were we were real sweaty boys and back in the day, whenever you played a game, the game would be over and you would end up in like a post game lobby where now mics are free. You could shit talk as much as you want. There we go. OK. Um, however, I was a I was a good boy and I did not swear at home. So uh, I had to be creative with the way I shit talk people. Also, I love that you turned to Johnny uh, Carson me, for a give second me there. an example of a shit talk that doesn't have a curse word oh yes that's um right. a lot we got real creative with your mom insults um your mother did a poor job raising you 
yeah, honestly, stuff like that. I, I would always go to my... Okay, just imagine I just shot you in the face in a Call of Duty. Well, this would be... The way it works is it, most of the time it wasn't live during the game. It was only before the game, which is like, yeah, you know, good game, whatever. Then after the game, where now we have 15 to 20 minutes of pent-up frustrations at each other to go vent... And so it would, I would always go for the things of like, I would try to get like psychological with it. Of oh, like, no. uh, are you so mad because you don't get hugged enough? Oh, okay. Do your parents love you? I was, mean, that was the direction I went. See, that I, I'm feeling swear, that sting a little bit. A swear right? word is nicer. Jeez, I'd, rather be, like, I'd, I'd rather be called an asshole. Let yeah. me tell you about my Dota 2 career. Oh, God. Oh. Uh, that, oh. that was the one. That was the game where I – that was the first time I ever was playing a game. And I was like, I just hate this experience, and I'm never going to do this again. <laughs> and then I'm, I, I'm took not, a, yeah. I took a solid step back from competitive games. And now when I play them, I am a much more chill person. I also used to be a very angry person overall. Yeah. So that kind of fits in. The few times but, I'm playing competitive games, it's either one-on-one -on, -one on the couch, like both of us are playing a fighting game or something like that. Or it's something like where there are no chat functions, or I can mute the chat function. Like fall, I, I like Fall Guys a lot, which is like a really yeah. fun game. But like that—that's something where you're not going to interact with the many racist children online. <laughs> I have no not all the children are these days. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, a lot of bad children online. Uh, but to J Ben's point, uh, I have played Capture the Flag in many video games over the years. Yeah, it was like a Halo standard for a long time, I oh, think. Yeah. Were you a Capture One the Flag, flag person? I did Call of Duty. I was so bad at Halo. Uh, I was too. <laughs> like, I was... Uh, and my siblings were so good at it. Um, I, I did not play it much because they destroyed me yeah. so quickly in that game. And I was like, and it was just like, why can I be decent at Call of Duty? But I suck at Halo. But I, it just, it was true. Yeah. No, it's weird. It, it is weird how like those very similar seeming uh, skill sets do not translate. Cause I was the same way. Like I'm, I'm very good at something like Borderlands or something, but I'm really bad at Halo. I don't know. Go figure. I used to, I would be, I was really good at picking things up quickly and being above average, but then uh, capping out. Like my, I'd hit the ceiling early and be like, all right, I'm not going to get any better. Sometimes it's because I didn't care enough. And I'm like, the things I have to do to get better at the game at this point involve learning things, memorizing oh, maps no. and proper like sight lines and all that. I refuse uh, I to Counter-Strike a little bit. And I'm like, this is just more effort than I want to be good at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I that's was, that's kind of where I always end up too. I was usually in like the upper quarter of my friend groups of like I'm not the one that everyone's like, oh yeah, if we're playing with him, he's gonna be great. But I was like the one where they're like, oh hey, yeah, <laughs> finally somebody else that's gonna carry the load. And I'm like, yeah, I'll I think, be second place on the team consistently. I'm fine with that. I don't know if this question is too early in our um, correspondence of this podcast. Sure, this is a very important question. Bring it on. My question is, um, so what video game do you think deserves a movie? Oh, I have that locked and loaded. And I've actually, like, a, a low-key dream of mine is to one day write a screenplay for this. Uh, Metroid. I think Metroid Ooh. would make an amazing movie. Uh, I, I would do it animated, but, like, you don't need to. Uh, I think it would be amazing. Yeah, Metroid is dark, it's mysterious, and it doesn't have... 
all of its mythology like kind of locked and loaded. It's not like a Star Wars where everybody knows every little corner of this universe. It's still pretty ambiguous, so you can build it out a little bit. Okay. That's mine. Do you got one, Justin? Um, well, I think the one that would have been my go-to for this became a TV show in the last year. It's gotcha. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, being The Last of Us. Oh, yeah. And so, uh, the, the game that was, that will always be near and dear to my heart is the original Halo game. Okay. Because it was the first time where it was like, we have fun gameplay, colors, explosions, it looks good for the time. Uh, we have like an orchestral soundtrack and now we've got like militant drums behind it like the soundtrack was incredible it was yeah um and uh they've done cool fun things with halo in small projects but there's a good podcast uh, there's some novels yeah the, the the books are good and they've done some like mini series uh forward unto dawn was one but uh, when they actually tried to make, like, a Halo thing of, like, this is going to be stuffed, uh, Paramount was like, hey, we don't really know what Halo is, but we have this guy and we have these aliens. We're just going to – it's like they took all of that and, like, put the dolls out and then just, like, grabbed them and started playing with them. There's, like, a romance subplot and it's, like – that's the crazy thing. There, it, there is a whole for people who uh, rightfully don't know what you're talking about. There's a whole season long uh, TV show of Halo on Paramount Plus, and I completely forgot it existed until you mentioned. Everybody it just now. should because it should I never hear, be a thing. I heard it's kind of bad. Uh, yeah. What should have happened was a movie. The first Halo game would have made a great like action thriller. Peter Jackson like, was trying to make uh, one for yeah, years. Uh, yeah. A fairly silent protagonist. He's not a man of many words, but he does talk. He does. Have have some kind of a personality yeah uh he doesn't necessarily like tell jokes but the, the things that he says the way he delivers them you're like dryly funny yeah, yeah like like the dry kind of sarcastic type of humor at one point he's like pushing a big ass bomb around that has been set on a human space station to blow it up and they're like what are you about to do and he's like i'm gonna bring the covenant back their bomb yeah. and then pushes it off and then jumps in like dives down into gravity to return the bomb sure and so there's there's so many cool thematic action stuff i don't think it would make like an incredibly great movie but it would make like a solid like the first pacific rim which i thought was pretty good i like that movie uh, i love it such it's one of my sick day movies it's pacific rim and ever after i, it's so I think fun. it would it's, it's so it fun. would land into that category of like this is like a pretty good movie, like an 80% Rotten Tomatoes. Everybody who's familiar with it would be like, yeah, this was a good time. Like I a gotcha, like this. a gotcha kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but instead, we've gotten garbage and canceled projects. Yeah. Um, um, they used to do really good live action uh, teasers and trailers for the games. Yeah. Uh, and those were always super fun. Um, yeah. yeah. Of course, Red versus Blue. Yeah, uh, Red versus Blue is big. But yeah. I think my choice would be Bioshock. Yes, That's I love also Bioshock a really so good much. One, especially yeah. again, it's like a little more on like the horror psychological thriller side. So, that setting, so scary. So the, such a good setting. The setting for world. well, both that and with Infinite. Like I, I love yeah. the underwater and yeah. I love the up in the sky and. You could sand off some of the kind of libertarian -y edges of that story and kind of make a really good show. Like yeah. that setting just kind of tells the story uh, itself. And similar to what they did with The Last of Us, where there's there's a lot of times in that things that happen in the game 
that if you have the main character of a show where people are supposed to be, you know, vulnerable, yeah. if you have them go run and gun through 35 soldiers, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. But they, they redid those types of moments with things that did the same purpose. Of yeah. Like, okay, you know, this is about the human vulnerability. Um, we took away all of the unrealistic parts of video games, and we didn't try to replicate that type of scene. Yeah. Uh, at least, like, not as much as other things have tried in the past. Um, yeah. Like the Doom movie. Oh, uh, God, that movie's so bad. Uh, yeah. But I think it was pretty good. And I think Bioshock is one of those things where, like, there are some things that doesn't carry over super well. Yeah. But so much of it, and especially the story, the setting, the characters, both regular – I've only – I've seen somebody play Bioshock 1, and I've played Infinite, and both of those are fantastic stories and experiences that I think would make a really good thriller. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Hollywood, if you're listening to this, uh, we, we're all writers and performers. We can do this. Uh, just give us a call. Uh, just trust us that we're good. We're good. We get yeah. it. We're going to do it. We'll do a better job than we did with Gotcha. But I, <laughs> I I, had a fun time digging through this weird-ass movie, like, digging up this movie. I always, like, I, I don't mean to, like, kind of toot my own horn, but, like, I have this weird encyclopedic knowledge of movies, and it's weird for me to come across a movie that I just have no knowledge or understanding of and that I need to work to sort of find and that's pretty satisfying experience. So, like, I appreciated the effort of trying to find this movie, even if it was ultimately kind of mediocre. And I appreciate the really weird story that led to it becoming a paintball phenomenon. Like, <laughs> that's so bizarre to me. Um, but thank you guys for bearing with me on this one. And uh, I'm glad we got to uh, uh, seek this one out together. So, And thank you, everybody, for listening. We have a very interesting episode coming up next week. Another oh game boy. that you guys may not be aware uh, exists. forgot something. What did we forget? Uh, oh, we haven't rated it. We haven't rated it. <gasps> you sorry, are absolutely correct. Oh, my God. I am so sorry. I, was, uh, we're I stole your thunder because I was so shocked that I forgot because I was ready to do it earlier. And I actually don't totally know where everyone's going with this. So are we rating this from good movie, good game, good movie, bad game, Bad movie, good game, or bad movie, bad game. Let's start with J-Ban. Where are you with this one? I am bad movie, good game. There it is. There it I, is. Codified. I think I have to do the same thing. Bad movie, good game. I think the, the movie was worse than uh, The Mummy, uh, the the one that we watched, at least. Oh, I don't and know. I, don't, I think I have to go Mummy is worse, but yeah. I am. I this was more of a, I think they go blow for blow. This is times. more of a disappointment than like a yeah. disaster. Yeah. And then the game, while again, short, is fun. If it was like an arcade game, that'd play pretty I, well. I think I'm right there with you, but with like this is a good a bad movie qualified good game. This is a <laughs> Asterisk. It's an asterisk low game. This it's is a good a, game if you don't want to play it for longer than two hours. It's it's low on the Maybe totem pole. It's kind of like on the line of games that I would sort of recommend, but it's also like it's functional enough. It worked, and I had a good time with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not a masterpiece. This is not a very ambitious project, and it's not going to sustain you for long. I wonder what the best light gun game was. Oh, it's Time Crisis. Okay. I'm calling it. I don't know. Oh, you know what? I'm going to give you an actual answer, and I think a lot of people might be surprised by this one. It is Starsky and Hutch for the PS2. (laughs) It's based on the 70s TV show, and the reason it's great is because (laughs) one person drives the car, 
The other person shoots the gun out the window of the car. So you have a light gun and you have a driving game. It's a great co-op experience. It's really stupid, but it's a lot of fun. Honestly, I love that kind of thing. I yeah. love cooperative games where both each person isn't the same. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's like I, asymmetrical I, co-op. It's an idea that isn't followed up on very much, but the Starsky and Hutch game, a lot of fun. Awesome. What's yours? Is it Area 51? Uh, I, I think the original Duck Hunt. Oh, original Duck Hunt. Going classic. And I don't know whether or not that's true or it's just so like... like, It's just very iconic. Yeah, Yeah. it's very iconic. Um, I'm... I'm a dog lover, and I always tried to shoot the hell out of that dog. I think oh, I think all God. of us tried to shoot the hell out of that dog because you miss a duck and he laughs at you, and I'm just like, "Fuck you, fuck you!" You can't kill the dog. Um, yeah. Good to know. Good to know. Okay, I interrupted you wrapping us up. Oh yeah, yeah. We all, Sorry, no, no. I appreciate we, you. We, we you were, were firmly in the Midwestern goodbye territory. You were, yeah, you were, you were. <laughs> no, you you were bringing me back on track. I appreciate. it. I totally forgot that element of the show. Uh, mostly because I was excited to tell you guys what we're talking about next time. That's gonna be Bram Stoker's Dracula. <gasps> oh my god! I fu- yeah, I fucking love this movie. An insane movie. An even crazier game somehow. Uh, and we're going to get into exactly all the different ways. Because, you know, again, this is another movie that does not necessarily scream for a video game adaptation. <laughs> but the one they came out with is pretty wild. Uh, when did this one come out? This was 1992. Okay. Yeah. So it's possible I may have seen it, but I uh, don't know. And if they I... show it at Alamo Draft House on a regular basis. They do. You're in for a treat if you have not seen this one. Okay. It's a Francis Ford Coppola very very okay. very maximalist take on dracula it's a lot of fun to watch and uh i think you guys are going to be entertained oh, by this game you can, as well i will be in heaven i've also read <laughs> the novel dracula four or five times i appreciate of... that this is one of those novels where i've kind of osmosed it through cultural knowledge but i've never actually sat and read the novel itself oh, so it's an epistolary novel yeah um so it's all written in letters and it's oh it's so good yes look i only know that dracula is a vampire and mm-hmm. does vampire things does vampire things so uh it'll be a good time and well, it's kind of on the verge of another coppola playing a dracula as we're talking about yes. this like uh, nick cage is about to play dracula and renfield which uh, uh this will be later by the time everybody's hearing this but yeah yeah i think we're putting together plans to see that so. yes yes we got to make that happen all right y'all well thank you for uh tagging along with us on our gotcha episode and we will see you next week for bram stoker's dracula that's a dracula laugh (laughs) bye